0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here. And thanks, as always, for tuning in to have a little chat here with me about everything that's going on in this wild and crazy market. Uh, So we did get another uh, Fed interest rate hike, but I got good news. It is the last one for this year. So we got another 50 basis points. We're going up and uh, the market, um, we really already priced it in. And yeah, I, I think we had already priced in that in, rate increase, but really it looks like the market just wants to sell off. Uh, I think a lot of that is to do with the tone of future rate hikes and the fact that we are still going to have uh, some further uh, hikes in the future. We've also got uh, some other people from the fed saying that uh, we could expect to see rate increases higher than what has been predicted at this point. And uh, it's just overall hurting. So I don't know that we're getting that Santa Claus rally we were all hoping for. But uh, that's really how this year has looked in a nutshell. We keep thinking there's going to be some kind of good news. And overall, we really didn't have too much good news. So I guess we're keeping with the theme at least. But um, yeah, so we've got a lot of different news coming out. uh, Like I was saying about the Fed. Uh, We've also got uh, the Senate uh, approving a bill that bans federal employees from downloading or using TikTok on government devices, which uh, I've also heard some other analysts and security experts basically saying, don't have TikTok on your devices. Uh, Just with all the spyware and content that's going back and information to China, they really don't think it's that safe. Uh, Overall, that is going to help Facebook or Meta. We're also going to see the future of that uh we've got uh, disney coming out and saying that the avatar 2 sales have so far exceeded top gun maverick so that is huge news for disney uh we got netflix coming out saying that they're uh falling short of ad supported viewership uh the guarantees that were made to advertisers and allowing adverse advertisers to take back their money uh for ads that have yet to run so Uh, They don't have enough viewers on that platform yet. So anyone that has uh, ads in place, you can go ahead and take your money back because they're not getting the ads to enough people. So that's uh, that's a little painful there for Netflix. We've got uh, Walmart saying that drone delivery service is now available for select uh, customers in Tampa and Orlando, Florida areas. And we've got Coinbase hitting an all-time low. I think that was today. That one might have been yesterday at 38.38, and it probably broke that again today, but that's just my notes here. That's what I've got for you. Um, And I've heard a lot of chatter about this one, ChatGPT. I really haven't looked at it. I know it is a program that is showing a lot of the future of AI, and uh, it's more of an app that you can use. I believe you have to sign in through another platform and then create a chat GPT account. Uh, and it's basically saying that the future of AI is there. You can see a lot of like mind blowing things as to what is capable with AI. Uh, so that is one that I probably need to check out a little bit more, but I do have that headline here for you. We've also got Roblox coming out uh, and releasing their user numbers for November. And their daily active users is uh, 56.7 million, which is up 15 point, uh, 15% year over year, which if you remember, people were supposed to be going back to uh, real life and other activities and getting off video games. So uh, that hasn't happened for Roblox. We've got that 15% increase. Their hours engaged is up to uh, 3.9 billion, which is up 8.3% year over year and uh, just kind of shows you the staying power of uh, video games in this uh, current world that we live in. Uh, so they also see revenues of, uh, I guess they're predicting this one here from 190 million to 193 million. And they're looking at bookings and daily average, bookings per daily average user of $3.92 to three ninety seven. dollars uh, So some good news there. We've also got uh, Tesla saying that the the state of Nuevo León in Mexico are expected to announce the car maker will install a plant near the city of Sat, uh, Santa Catarina. Uh, that was from Bloomberg. Uh, what else we got? We got Amazon saying that uh, them and Crystal Dynamics strike a deal to develop and publish next major entry in the Tomb Raider series. So some more production uh, going on over there. But uh, all that being said you know there's just a massive amount of downside in this market which i think is pulling a little bit of everything down with it there does not really appear to be a safe spot to hide and that is certainly affecting my portfolio i'm sure it's getting yours too and it's not what we want to see in this uh, this wreck of a 2022 that we've got going on over here but that's what we've got um so I know we talk about Tesla a lot. Uh, I'm I'm definitely aware of that. But uh, we are down over 50% from some of those highs now, and we're steadily kind of growing those. So I wanted to touch on a couple things here with what's going on with Elon. Uh, Yes, he sold some more shares. I believe it was about $3.8 billion of shares that he had to sell again, which is furthering that sell-off. And it's definitely painful. So one, we don't have that many uh, liquid buyers out there right now. The the cash levels are getting lower. Uh, Tesla is less institutional owned than a lot of other companies. Uh, a regular stock would have north of 60% of institutional ownership. Tesla normally sits around 45%. So that means when Elon goes and sells $3.8 billion worth of stock, we are counting a lot on retail investors to go ahead and buy this stock up, which is great when there's enough money on the side for retail investors to buy this one. Um, but it's just not there right now. So that is hurting us. We also have uh, the the lack of other institutions really getting on board with this one, sometimes due to the valuation, sometimes, sometimes to do with uh, you know Elon at the helm. People don't really want to get in. They think it's too much of a meme stock or... Uh, overvalued, overhyped, whatever the reason might be. So uh, I'm kind of looking at this perfect storm of problems with the market, problems with Elon, problems with him selling, uh, you know, so many shares. I think he sold about five rounds of shares. I can't even remember the exact billions of dollars that he sold. But he was also, you know, attacking Apple over uh, Twitter And, you know, going after different political uh, figures on Twitter, it's just kind of a mess. There's also now people calling for a new CEO to be in place to really oversee Tesla. So there's a lot of things going on here. Now, is this one a buy, sell, hold? And this is going to be based on my uh, opinion. It's not a fact. It's not uh, anything that I'm going to tell you. You got to rush out and buy this one. But I'll tell you what I think here. Well, I was looking at a video from Tom Nash on YouTube. He did a uh, DCF, a discounted cash flow on Tesla. And he was looking over at year over year growth rates of about 130%, I believe it was. So he wasn't using those numbers in this DCF. He actually dialed that all the way back to a 30% growth rate going forward and broke down all the numbers and everything else and really got to a fair market value of like 228, I believe it was. And that was at this 30% growth rate. Now, when you look over on uh, Reuters, you can kind of see that their growth rate projections are much higher than that for going forward in the way of revenues, in the way of uh, uh, the amount that they're going to be selling. Oh, one other thing I wanted to point out. People are freaking out about the fact that there's actually Tesla vehicles sitting on the ground at dealerships waiting to be sold, which hasn't been a thing for quite some time. I also wanna point out that a lot of people are waiting till January one to buy a new EV because you are getting the tax credits from the Fed for purchasing an EV going into 2023. Uh, So yes, there are vehicles sitting on a lot because I think a lot of that demand is, waiting at this point in order to buy in the new year. Yes, Tesla is doing a $3,700 off on Model 3 and Model Y, uh, which is very rare. We have seen these prices come up, multiple price increases over the past 18 months. But overall, um, I think a lot of that demand is still there. I think a lot of people are just holding off for those federal uh, rebates. But now when I get back over to the actual growth of Tesla, Uh, When I'm looking at the uh, annual revenue increases for 2023 on Reuters, we've got 115% of forecasted growth. So when he's factoring at a 30% growth rate, that is pretty much if everything goes wrong is where we would be. I I don't see that 30% even happening. So I'm thinking that fair market value is probably uh, significantly higher than at that 30% uh, growth rate. So if it does go bad and in a very conservative light at 30%, uh, we've got a, a long way to go. We got about $80 worth of upside at this point from where it is sitting based on a, a lot of the different uh, metrics that he kind of put into this equation and figured this one out. Now there's a lot of different caveats to that. We've got uh, We got to get through one, some of the Elon Twitter selling, Political drama, all that, that's certainly weighing on the stock. I don't know how much it's actually affecting the company. I don't really see the direct correlation. And like I said, yes, the sales have slowed, but I think a lot of that is to do with tax credits and not simply because Elon is being Elon doing his thing with Twitter. And I don't really necessarily think the two are exactly tied to one another. This is not the first time he's ran his mouth or said something uh, to someone on Twitter, in person, this, that, or the other. So I don't really think that the two are necessarily uh, 100% correlated to one another. So my thought is, even if we do see growth slow, if a recession is in the mix, which I know a lot of the, uh, the Fed is saying that it is going to be shallow or we might not even enter a recession. Things are just going to slow. Yes, these interest rates are getting crazy, but I still think that Tesla is a buy. I think a lot of these things are blood in the streets. And if you've ever listened to uh, Warren Buffett, you know that when there's blood in the streets, you want to invest. Now, Tesla might not be for you, But that whole theory carries over into a lot of the other names that we're going to kind of talk about, kind of look at for this uh, next year that we've got ahead of us. So I really wanted to take a look at some other stocks that really fit a lot of bills for me going forward that I really think could do well into 2023, as a lot of them have been sold off way more than I think that they should have been. And they are still profitable, great companies that are just in the doghouse, if you will, based on problems of 2022 that uh, should not last forever. And I know we talked about, you know, by the end of this year, that rates should be slowing and inflation should be ending. That was a kind of a lot of noise that we heard from the Fed, from, you know, just kind of a lot of the picture, bigger picture we were trying to put together. Ultimately, a lot of that got delayed. So um, there there definitely are some stocks out there that I really like. Uh, one that I did want to talk about, and I'm going to have to probably read a little bit of this here, and that one is from Microsoft. And when Microsoft was trying to buy Activision, I don't know that we've heard any final word from Sony if they're going to accept that deal on whether or not they're going to allow uh, Microsoft to go ahead and buy activision and use the licensing or give sony licensing to all the activision games for the first 10 years uh in order to uh kind of have an olive branch for sony to go ahead and say yeah that's a that's a decent deal we'll we'll take that deal uh so i haven't heard that one yet but um where are we and i know that we had uh is this at the Viasat? I know what what and basically what they were looking to do is going to be investing into the London Stock Exchange to really be a partner uh, over there. So not directly investing into the London Exchange, but uh, the basically the the people who run the exchange, which would be giving them about ten billion dollars worth of revenue, I believe over the next, uh, I I forget the timeline, but I know it was a significant amount of money for them to be more of a less a partner in the London Stock Exchange. So I do need to find that article. Sorry that I do not have it here right at my fingertips, but that was definitely a, oh my gosh, you know, uh, Activision deal might not happen. Uh, What's Microsoft gonna do next? Uh, You know, be prepared to to be amazed, I guess, because they just really went after this one and they were like, all right, well, we can't get a video game company. We're, we're going to buy into the exchange. So that was definitely one that was kind of like, man, that's uh, that's a pretty crazy move there, Microsoft. But one that I think should definitely help them grow going forward. It, it definitely looks like they are in that position that they are looking to grow uh, by really any logical means necessary. So if they can get into that video game space, great. If not, they'll, they'll be the uh, the know how and the knowledge behind the stock market. So, ultimately, we'll see what happens there. But one that I still think should be doing well going forward, and that uh, that is Microsoft. Uh, definitely a company that uh, trades at a premium, but uh, it, it is currently a buy. It is trading at uh, about 27 times earnings, which I'm guessing is probably right about in line with where it normally trades. But 15% of upside. Uh, we've got... 7% of growth, revenue growth for 23, 21% for 24. We've got uh, dividend growth, 10% on the year. The dividend payout at 28%. So that's nice uh, and low. We like to see that number under 60. And price to sales, about a 5% discount of where it normally trades. PE, it does uh, it is trading at a discount. That five-year average is a 35.8 on a trailing PE. It's currently sitting at 27 and the five year average on the forward is 28.5, and we're sitting at 26.2. So, 8% discount there. Uh, so, one that I still think is going to be growing and has traded down this year. But uh, overall, I think they have good growth going forward, and they're undervalued to their historic value. So, definitely one that uh, I think is a little bit safer than buying into some of these really high risk uh, growth names. And should give you good value going forward. Um, so now when I'm looking in other ideas, I was really kind of trying to scour uh, what a couple other people said as far as great picks for 2023. And I did find a couple other ones. Some are going to be in the second half of the show for the uh, investing challenge for week 52, which I cannot believe we are already here, but that's pretty much where we are. Um what else we got? We've got uh, T-Mobile. That was definitely one that was in several lists of best stocks to buy for 2023. And they said that the growth and the the user uh, rate that they have is growing exponentially over T-Mobile and Verizon. Uh, But when you're looking at T-Mobile, you're not going to be getting a dividend. AT&T, you're going to be in that 5% range. Uh, Verizon, you're closer to 7%. Now, you are getting more of a growth company when you're buying T Mobile, though. Uh, they have uh, a five year return of about 127%. And they are currently forecasted to be growing about 23.5% in the next 12 months, uh, with revenues growing about uh, 3.5% in 2023. So lower uh, on that annual revenue growth, but they are trying to get more customers. So ultimately, we'll see if that uh, kind of continues, if that still stays on trend for them or, or what happens there. But that's definitely one that uh, I thought, you know, they are in that growing space. They have been really acquiring more uh, users to the platform and paying that bill every month. So we've got uh, low margin business, which you would think would be a little bit higher. They they do need to get more from that gross margin of 41 percent to actually see that in the lower uh, net margin number of 1.9% come up. I'd really like to see this margin a little bit higher. But uh, I do think that a lot of that is on the advertising and building out networks. Ultimately, once we get uh, more people on the, the plans, uh, I think they can kind of streamline some of those costs and cut back on a couple of those spending high spend areas and really focus on that, uh, that growth rate and that bottom line. Uh, so definitely one that uh, was on several lists might not be my top pick. I I really don't know that that's where I want to be. I think if I'm in the communications place, uh, I would rather have some dividend in kind of in conjunction with the name that I'm buying. So T-Mobile might not be a top pick for me, but uh, it was on uh, tip ranks. It was on, I forget the other one that I was looking at, but that was a a top 10 for 23 and a top 12 for 23 that I was reading. T-Mobile was on both of those. Uh so now another one that made these lists was uh, Workday. And Workday is uh going to be an HR uh software play that really kind of connects um you know the business to the employee. And this one um another one that uh, definitely was a top pick for several different uh lists here. 5 year return of about 73%. We've got uh, about 12% of upside. But that annual revenue growth here is uh, pretty substantial. We got 20% in 23 and 41% for 2024. Uh, So definitely a company that is going to be growing. They uh, still need to get some of that money to the the bottom line and really turn over a positive earnings going forward. But uh, I do think that uh, it is one that is going to grow into a better position in your portfolio. And it might have a little bit of rockiness through the uh, first half of uh, 23. But I'm really thinking, and this is kind of my overall thesis, is the first half is going to be rocky. Uh, we're still going to have Fed rate hikes. We're still going to have talks of more recession. We're not out of the woods with um, a lot of the problems with China, with Russia, Ukraine. And I really want to see a lot of those things subside before I really start uh, feeling bullish about the market. I probably will be buying, uh, probably, this is probably more or less just how my cash flow kind of works. I will be more or less buying uh, March to May. That's when uh, a lot of my money starts coming in. And I'll probably front load my IRA and then kind of let any other money go over to my brokerage account. But that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm not expecting massive returns for the first half, but uh, the second half, I do think that some of these stocks are gonna start coming back. And uh, some of the growth names will probably be the first ones to to go ahead and fill that void as to some of the, the ones that are gonna take off quicker is gonna be the more volatile, less uh, or more rate sensitive stocks that are typically in QQQ or in any of these growth plays. Uh, so that's... uh. That's what, three of them that I got. Uh, Another one that, uh, well, one space that I really like for 23 is going to be the chip makers. Um, Again, all of these have traded off in 22 for several different reasons. With uh, crypto slowing down, with overall problems with China relations, with uh, demand for iPhones down with, you know, you name it, there's been a problem with chips. We had an inventory glut after we couldn't get chips and we had too many of them and we're just trying to figure out what's next. So a lot of these companies traded down uh, on a lot of these problems, but I think that they are going to uh, come back strong as we realize that we're, we're getting inventory back in check. Uh, the The needs for these different chips are still out there. And I really wanted to point out a a couple here. And the the first three that really came to mind were AMD, Qualcomm, and NVIDIA. Uh, So I like all three. They all have a a decent amount of upside here. Um, Let's just take a look through them real quick. I'll just uh, try to hop back on E-Trade. We've got uh, AMD, not ADM. That's the wrong company. So when I'm looking at AMD we've got definitely in the buy ratings. We've got about uh, 31% of upside on AMD and we've got uh, significant growth for 22 and 23 in that revenue category, 43% for 22, 52% for 2023. And like I said, this one has traded off a lot of those highs with a lot of the pain that has been in that space. Um, Now, The PE on that one is trending around a 39. If we go over to Qualcomm, this should be a lower PE, probably lower growth as well. We do have a PE on Qualcomm of 10, which is uh, definitely in that value territory and one that I definitely like for that value play, uh, as well as the growth of the chip space and uh, everything that they've got going for I'm trying to really get into a lot of different industries and get away from that solely Apple business. They were looking to do that before Apple cut that contract. Ultimately, Apple went back to them when they couldn't produce their own chips. Uh, I think since then, Apple has figured it out, and uh, there is definitely a lag in demand for Qualcomm on that news, but they have a lot of other industries. But uh, 22% of upside on Qualcomm. With that low PE, you're getting a dividend. The forward yield is still only a 12. And uh, personally, I think it's a good time to buy that one as well. So last one we're gonna look at here real quick before we take a break is NVIDIA. Now that one is uh, off of the high of 313. We're down to 166. We definitely came back from that low of 108. But uh, we do have the highest PE of the group at 71 times uh, barely a 10th of a percent. I'll, uh, I'll say it's a 10th of a percent in the dividend, but when we're looking at the future here for them, they are definitely rated a buy and we've got, uh, this says about 10% of upside, which I think might be a little bit light. Uh, and we do have about, uh, 10% of growth for 24. Uh, so uh, of the group, I probably like Qualcomm the most, but uh, if you wanted one that had uh, a little bit more growth, I'd probably pick AMD. But overall, the chip space is strong. And uh, I do have another chip play for the investing challenge for this week. So please stick around. I will be back. I'm gonna talk about these five stocks that I have going forward. And uh, we're gonna cover some other stuff in the uh, the crypto space. We're also going to look at... Uh, Some other dividend plays that I think that we could probably look at going forward into uh, the new year as well. So stick around. I will be right back. All right, guys, I am back and I have been doing a bunch of research for this part. So if you have not yet subscribed, just click the button right now. I definitely would appreciate that. And uh, invite someone else along to join in the conversation. Uh, We're also continuing that conversation over there on Facebook at Let It Grow Investing. There is a link in the description for the group. And uh, if you are in the giving mood and you want to help support the podcast, you can do that over at anchor.fm slash let it grow for as little as 99 cents a month. And I promise you that uh, this podcast does not bring in the amount of cash you might think. Uh, So, I would definitely appreciate any uh, love and support out there. But uh, with that being said, um, yeah, I said I was doing a lot of different research for this part. And it was definitely uh, a lot in the way of uh, those dividend plays. Uh, I did want to bring up that crypto is kind of trading down with the broader market. I know after the Sam Bankman fried thing, it kind of looked like we were trending up. Uh, I think we were about eight uh. 8 or 9% up on Bitcoin, Ethereum. I know some other coins have been rallying. But uh, overall, uh, the market was a little bit stronger after that arrest. And uh, it seemed like, you know, everyone was really on board on trying to bring him to justice and any parties involved. Uh, But now it does seem like the uh, the crypto space has been really trading down since the Fed talk. And uh, those higher rates make uh, liquidity more of a problem for everyone. So if there's not as much uh, money out there in the stock market, Ultimately, those people can't get out of those uh, stocks and then buy crypto. So there's just less cash out there overall. Um, so I kind of wanted to point that out. We're just more or less trading down with the market. That is my general feeling. Uh, I'm still looking to uh, accumulate some more coins here. Uh, still Bitcoin, Ethereum for the most part. Long term, they will be buy and hold for me. That is really my my game plan. That's really what I want to be doing And while no one else is looking at those, and there is that blood in the streets of uh, this arrest and the problems and the fraud, uh, that's when I want to be looking. Uh, If you don't know, crypto does have these cycles. uh, And if it's gonna be a crypto winter, we normally have this four year cycle uh, that crypto kind of runs, and then ultimately pauses uh, on different fears or different market uh, situations and circumstances and then we do take back off again. So we've heard this story before that crypto's is dead, uh, that it's not going to happen. Nothing's going anywhere. It's a fraud. It's a scam. And I don't necessarily think that's true. There are people out there looking to fraud you. Uh, that doesn't have to just be in crypto. That's in anything that you see, do, whatever. It's, uh, there's frauds and scams out there anywhere you look. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt. That's just my two cents on that topic. Uh, I was talking about some dividend plays. Uh, I did do a little bit of a screen here as to some different names. And I know before the break, we were talking about T-Mobile. I also brought up AT&T. And I was still fairly against AT&T long term. I know that they have gotten out of some debt after some of that discovery deal. And they uh, really gave themselves a little bit more breathing room after they sold off some of the business and their dividend is in a more safe place now. Uh, So when I'm looking over at AT AT&T, let's take a look at that one. If this is one that you think is going to weather the storm, and I I do think that it will. It's normally less volatile. We've got a 0.6 beta on this one. The PE is a 6.8. So that's a below where this one normally trades. I know we've gone through some changes in the business, but that is below where this one normally trades. Currently, we are sitting at a 6% dividend. So that has moved up with the market coming down this week. And uh, one that I think is going to be a, uh, a safer one, a decently safe entry point. I would not count on much growth from a company like AT&T. It is gonna be a slow grower. Uh, but if you wanna ride that 6% dividend, uh, you know, through this recession or lack thereof, I definitely think that it is going to be a safer stock for you to own. Similar with Verizon, we've got uh, ticker VZ. When I'm looking over there, we've got a uh, 6.91% dividend on Verizon and that PE is an 8.2. So again, not as much growth. You do have the risk of people cutting the cord on cable. Uh, I think that's gonna be a slow and prolonged rollout. Uh, I've cut the cord on cable. I still have Verizon for uh internet and also home services, uh or sorry, Wi-Fi at home and cell phone services. Getting my uh services confused here. But so I've still got those. I'm still a paying customer. And uh it is nice to have that uh, that dividend rolling in that ultimately if you buy enough you can pay for your services based off of that quarterly dividend that Verizon will pay you um uh, you know pretty regularly. They they haven't really had any major uh lags in that dividend, uh, at least to my knowledge. I'm going to pull up the uh, Street Insider, which uh, insider tip here, if you go on Google and type in whatever your ticker is in dividend history, you'll get a uh, link for a company called Street Insider. And when you do that, uh, it is a pay site you're supposed to pay on here. But when you pull it up that way, it does allow you to look up these companies and pull up individual results for companies uh, through that uh, browser. So you can get that uh, going through Google. And now that I'm doing it, it's saying premium only page. Uh, so I might have to go back through and look at Verizon itself. But um, anyhow, so that that dividend is strong. Uh, and I will have to pull up that later when I am able to type and talk, but uh, right now it's a little tough. But when I am looking at that one, yes, it has that nice dividend. It is safer and it should be one that's going to get you through any kind of slow times. And it is a part of a balanced approach. If you heard of a barbell approach, you've got value on one side, you've got growth on the other. You want a little bit of both. So if you're getting good value in a low PE name like Verizon or at and You might want to also match that with an Amazon or Google on the other side where you're not getting that dividend, but you are getting that growth rate. So then you kind of can weather both storms. You have that dividend to rely on when things aren't growing. And when that growth comes back, you're already in Google and Amazon or whatever other growth names that aren't really going to pay you that dividend. But you can count on that growth rate to sustain your portfolio really through whatever is out there. So that's kind of what I've been really trying to build is a barbell, uh, you know, value and growth portfolio that is going to do a little bit of everything moderately well for me. I don't want to be so far in growth that when a recession comes or, you know, this past year comes that uh, I'm down 60, 70 percent because that's just completely painful to see. Uh, And I also don't want to be strictly in value to where when we have a a growth year like 2020 and things are really rocketing higher, that I'm not partaking in those gains either. So having a barbell approach is a good way to go. Uh, Now, another dividend stock that uh, hopefully this one can kind of start firing on some more cylinders, Uh, and it is at the highest dividend it has ever seen. Maybe not right at the moment, but uh, in The past couple weeks, it is at the highest dividend it has seen since uh, the 1980s. And that company is Intel. Uh, I know, I know it's a painful one. If you've been in this one for a long time, it's it's definitely uh, not quite the company that it used to be. AMD did really kind of take over and run away with the business. But uh, Intel does have a a lot of things going for them. And uh, hopefully they can kind of get back to some of that status where they have all the uh, uh, the chips for computers, and they are really uh, having that business roll up higher. But uh, it is going to be a value stock that I think is going to be undervalued right now. We've got an 8.3 PE on this one. We're also getting a 5.4 dividend, uh, 5.4% dividend on this one. And I really think that some of that growth can come back. Um, there's been a lot of people betting against Intel for a long time. Uh, You've only got about 9% of upside on this one, but uh, I do think that we are at that point where it has been beat down so long that, uh, and management also knows that, you know, they've really been trying to streamline, re-innovate themselves, and really revitalize the business going forward. And they do have that uh, that EPS of $3.25 per share. Uh, so they are making money. They're not a, a fly-by-night growth company, but they are going to be in that undervalued uh, chip space right now. Plus, you're getting the biggest dividend that they've ever uh, yield that they've ever seen in this company. And one that I, I think should weather going forward and really could outshine here. Basically, from the, the fact of the uh, chips being sold off, this company being left behind, kind of left for dead, and really the fact that management is really trying to change things up. So that's another option when it comes to a tech stock that is an old, uh, old guard tech stock that should be able to turn things around, and you're getting a five, north of 5% dividend in this space. So those are a couple ideas that I have uh, that is not all of them. You guys know the ones that I really like, and uh, you know we've talked about a lot of them here. But um, yeah, so now when I'm going forward, really, what do I want to see in 2023? And I made a short list here: uh, things that I'm bearish on, things that I'm a little bit neutral on, and uh, companies or industries that I'm going to be bullish on. So I guess we can start with the bearish companies. Um, first off is going to be travel. Uh, I know that we had a resurgence of travel stocks going forward into uh, 21. And after the vaccines rolled out, everyone wanted to travel in 22. I'm not saying that that is going to go away, but uh, I do think a lot of that pent up demand is now being spent. Uh, We are seeing some airline prices actually come down. There's more availability. And I don't know that we're going to have uh, as much money out there as the savings rates drop into that low single digits from uh, that high single digits. You know, we're down to that 2% rate from like 8 or 9% during uh, even higher right at the beginning of the, uh, the COVID lockdowns. So and we also don't have the stimulus money to back that up either. So that uh, savings rate is lower. And I think a lot of that demand that was there might be getting worn out. Uh, That's not to say that I'm not going anywhere, but I don't know that I want to invest in these stocks at the moment. Um, Now, other one would be uh, consumer discretionary. So again, a lot of the stocks that uh, are you know these really lavish items. Yes, there's going to be pockets of of ultra luxury stuff that I don't think is going to take a hit. You know, the rich continue to get richer. Uh, I still think that uh, the Louis Vuittons and the Ferraris of the world are still going to do well but uh there's other items that are going to be in there that won't when i think of these slower savings rates more recessionary times uh and i don't know that even the the brands that are going to hold up if the stock's going to be treated kindly at the same time so there is going to be a mismatch of how the companies are doing in a lot of cases versus their perceived uh value going forward and what people think they're going to be doing So I think some of those are going to sell off and we might not have as much safety in those names. So I'm really not looking to get invested in those at the moment. But, um, you know, like I said, there's always pockets of companies that uh, could outshine in those areas as well. Now, when I'm looking at uh, bullish companies, I'm looking at profitable tech. And as I said, I think the beginning of 23 is going to be slower. It's going to be tougher, but that should give us more time to accumulate more shares of these stocks. And a couple that come to mind, Amazon, Google, um, even Meta. Uh, I know that Meta has gotten beat down on a lot of management and CEO decisions, Zuckerberg spending plans. I think a lot of that has been wiped out. And uh, JP Morgan actually just came out, I believe, today and went... Uh, On an upgrade on meta and that one is now a buy over at uh, JP Morgan. Let me just take a look at that real quick. Um, Currently up about 3% for the day on Friday here. 24% of upside and JP Morgan came out at a buy of 150. Goldman Sachs came out with a buy target of 165. So we've got two new upgrades in the past couple days Uh, Oh, actually, sorry, Goldman was last month. Sorry about that. I was reading uh, just a day. And yeah, we're sitting at 119. So if 150 or 165 happens, that would be a nice move to the upside for Meta. And uh, in the JP Morgan uh, note, he had five different reasons as to why uh, Meta could be a a good stock. Well, one, it was beat down. Two, we are slowing that uh, that spending on the Metaverse. Uh, We still have a large user base. That has not been shrinking. I think we are getting low single-digit growth rates still. Uh, So there's a lot of users that are still involved on the app. Uh, We've still got other apps that are growing well for them. And ultimately, that ad spend is still strong on the meta platforms. So there's a lot of different reasons that um, it sold off. And now there's a lot of reasons that people are coming back to it. So, again, when we get those sell offs, oftentimes it is an opportunity to buy these stocks at a discounted price. So, I still like those. Um, you know, there are definitely some other names. I know Salesforce has had some problems with the executives. There's a lot of people saying that that one could slow down, but um, it's still a growing business that is doing great things. And they have 54 percent of upside, so that one might be approached with a little bit more uh, risk from a lot of different analysts. I still think that it is a strong stock, and you know it w- could be a good time to buy if you are into uh, into those types of stocks, or if you're trying to build a balanced approach on uh, some growth stocks that are going to be in that tech space. So, just some some different names there. Uh, still looking at security stocks. Uh, you know all the different. Uh, web security type names i'm still looking at those i think a lot of those are undervalued they did hold up the first half of the year really well but uh as the year kind of went on they did kind of erode some of those values uh as well so um you know when i'm looking at those i'm thinking of the the crowd strikes i'm thinking of uh zscaler and uh some of the the other names that are really in that growth space but ultimately have some room to to grow uh fortinet all all these different names that are out there that are are great companies that have been sold off they might deserve another visit uh going forward in that cloud space and really see what's out there for you but um yeah, then uh, another theme for 23 is energy. I'm still looking at the energy stocks. Uh, and a lot of the reason for that is the uh, the demand in oil, the uh, OPEC cutting production. We've got uh, less drilling here, more exports. And ultimately, it is just a an industry that we're going to need, uh, you know, heating oil, natural gas. We've had those problems in Europe. We are going to, con- to continue to see demand here uh so i'm still bullish on these uh these plays they are also and uh, i think one uh, oil exec just said that we are in a three to four year bull cycle of uh energy and that these stocks uh, are ultimately prime for the picking and a lot of companies are even buying more stock back uh, of their own companies so definitely bullish uh sentiment in the industry a lot of cases, you're getting a decent dividend in order to hold these stocks uh, long term. And just one that I want to continue to invest in to build out a well-diversified portfolio of a little bit of everything. Uh, next one would be healthcare. So I'm still looking at some of the insurance plays. I'm still looking at some of the uh, the devices, plays, and uh, the actual pharmaceutical companies. Another realm that uh, we haven't really talked a lot about, and it's really not my lane is uh, the uh, biotech kind of company. So um, I was just looking at uh, Chimera uh, Pharmaceutical. uh, That was K-Y-M-E-R-A. I don't know the ticker. I just was looking at that on one note that uh, they had a massive amount of upside going forward. Uh, KYMR is the ticker on that one. And 83% of upside there. I was looking at Jazz Pharmaceuticals and i believe the arc fund holds that one this is a 23 percent upside we've also got uh some other smaller companies that are out there that are really looking to build out new uh, medications but some of the tried and true companies are probably a safer bet biotech can definitely get uh, a little tough to really figure out if that one drug that they're working on is really going to go to market if it's going to work for them or not. So you might want to look at the, some of the tried and true companies, uh, Eli Lilly, uh, Johnson and Johnson, or, or anything of those realms that uh, should really hold up well going forward. And I mean, I, I definitely like those companies. Oh, AbbVie comes to mind, ABBV or ABT for Abbott. Also, good companies that. Uh, should hold up well going forward. And uh, AbbVie does have some uh, patent expirations in 23 with uh, Humira, but they do have a a big pipeline of drugs that I think a lot of people are kind of neglecting to see. And the big shining light on AbbVie right now is that Humira is gonna expire. But uh, so less upside there, a little bit more on Abbott, ABT. And again, still they got a lot of stuff going for them. And uh, with all of the, baby formula scares of the year and the shortages there. I still think that uh, Abbott should continue to do well as uh, things kind of come back and stabilize going forward. Um, So those are all uh, ones that I'm a fan of. Uh, One more group, staples, consumer staples, um, whether it's Archer Daniels, Midland, uh, you know, the agricultural uh, product company or if you're looking at walmart uh target companies like that that are going to really stay tried and true i know they had some inventory problems but again another reason that you can buy these a little bit cheaper than you could uh maybe six months to a year ago and ultimately get a uh a discount for some problems with supply chain you know we we've definitely seen that in 22 uh 21 and 22 for that matter but uh now that uh Hopefully we got a footing as to what's going on going forward. We can get back to uh, kind of a normal as to what they are used to. I think these companies should really shine, uh, especially through any kind of slowdown. People are still going to need their everyday items from these stores uh, or food from these stores. So uh, with that being said, hopefully those ideas really give you an idea of something to look at or at least some industries that I think should do better going into 23. Uh, maybe give you some names to do some research on. By all means, this is not uh, financial advice. This is uh, kind of pointing you in the right direction as to some different things that might work for your portfolio, whether it's a growth or value approach or a blend of the two. I think it should work well for you. Um, now, um, let's talk uh, investing challenge. I think we're there. We are on week uh, fifty-two now, and let me go ahead. And pull up the results of 51. I don't have that yet. So I'm going to take a look where we are. And we are going to be buying Broadcom for the week. So that ticker is AVGO. And if you have not voted, uh, please go over to the Let It Grow Investing Podcast. Get your votes in. I I really want to see some more numbers on these. These numbers are are, uh, rookie numbers if you've watched Wolf of Wall Street. Um, so 52 is definitely going to be our, our big finish to this year. And I really want to see some votes over there. So if you have not voted, please get over there, get your votes in. Um, so with that being said, these are some different names that, uh, I think should do well into 23. Uh, I kind of pick from some of the different sectors that I just talked about. I was looking for a bank, which I didn't add to my bullish category on the left, but it's on the right. Uh, I do like regional banks. Uh, Oil and gas was the next sector. Staples, uh, chip plays, and then tech plays. So those are five that I really like here. And these are going to be in no particular order, the ones that I came up with for week 52. So this is it. This is the final week. So hopefully we can get uh, back on track and hopefully the market doesn't continue to punish us going forward. But number one, uh, Uncle Warren bought it. So hopefully this one works for us. That name is Taiwan Semiconductor. The ticker is TSM. And... They are actually, I think they just had an insider purchase, or if they didn't, I think he's going to be purchasing soon. I think there was an announcement that he's buying. Uh, So currently, a 14 times PE. They are building that facility in Arizona. There has been some talks that Apple is going to be using uh, Taiwan Semi in Arizona to build their chips. So this was the chip play that I did not cover in the first part that I thought could work well going forward. Now, we do have a good amount of upside here. It's currently sitting at 76, and the average price target is 104. Uh, It's a pretty tight range too. The low is at $98, the high is at 110. So it is a smaller range of uh, analyst price gaps here. So I do think that this one should do well. I think we've got a lot of catalysts going forward into 23, that are going to make this one uh, stronger. Yes, there's ties to, uh, or problems that could occur with China into Taiwan. Uh, I'm trying to put that behind us at the moment. I think that what they are building in the U.S. should benefit us uh, pretty greatly. So that 36% of upside, uh, Uncle Warren sees some value in it, trading at that 14 times multiple, uh, 1.9% dividend. So you're getting a lot of good things going here. I think we got the the wind at our back on this one. So Taiwan Semi is number one for week 52. Um, number two, uh, this one is going to be in the oil and gas play. And we have not had this one on the show, I don't believe. If we did, it's been quite some time. And I, I'm i not seeing it on my busy list of 52 weeks of stocks fit all onto one page. But um, with that being said, this one is Enterprise Products Partners, and the ticker is EPD. So if you want some oil and gas exposure, uh, this one is a midstream company that is going to be in the pipeline business Uh, So it says here they uh, operate in uh, midstream energy services to producers and consumers of natural gas, natural gas liquids, crude oil, petrochemicals, and refined products in North America. So they got pipelines, uh, pipeline services, crude oil pipelines, and natural gas pipelines. So that's pretty much their business. And they are a dividend payer. They are higher on that dividend. They are a 7.86%. Current yield on uh, a stock with a low volatility at a 0.5 beta. So low volatility, high dividend, and uh, I think it's trading at a decent price. So you've got that 7.8% dividend with a uh, upside of 32.7% from 10 different analysts, and you know that should give us about 40% return possible, including that dividend going forward. And uh, I really think that that could be a good way to get through 23. And if uh, you don't get that 32%, say you only get 10, are you going to be unhappy with that? And a 7% dividend when everything else seems like it's declining? I don't think you're going to be. So I'm going to continue to ride that wave of uh, oil and gas prices and the energy that is uh, really in high demand right now. And hopefully EPD can pull our portfolios up going forward. So Number three, I didn't do as much research on this. I did do a quick search on stocks for 23 that were in the banking sector, and I wanted a regional bank. Um, So this one, I I saw JP Morgan. They've got a decent amount of upside, 3% dividend. I saw Wells Fargo. I still don't want to touch that one. Uh, I was going to go with Citigroup. Uh, Citigroup, in my opinion, is undervalued and they have a lot of problems with, uh, sentiment around Citigroup right now. They are selling some stocks or not stocks. They're selling some assets in order to kind of reinvigorate things. And I just don't know that they can get out of their own way. So the next one that came up was Fifth Thirds Bank. And I've always hated that name, but, uh, here we are. Fifth Thirds Bank Corp. And the ticker is FITB, so looks like Fitbit, but it's actually Fifth Thirds Bank. So you're getting a low PE, 9.8. It's a regional bank, Midwest, Southeast, uh, which is good for lending. And it's also not gonna have that exposure to Europe and uh, Russia, any problems over there. Uh, So they do have commercial and uh, retail banking. You are gonna get a 4.13% dividend on this one and you are limiting your risk by not being abroad. Uh, They are expanding their footprint into other parts of the US. Uh, So you're getting that 4% dividend, and analysts are calling for a 26.5% of upside for an average price target of $40 from 31.6. So good amount of upside, decent dividend. I think it's in the right spot at the right time. These rates continue to go up, And, uh, you know, when you put your your paycheck in there, you're not getting any more on your uh, deposits. But when people want to go and borrow money to buy a car or, uh, you know, buy a house or whatever, these banks are making more money on those higher rates. So I think that a a regional bank with less exposure abroad is a good spot to be for 2023. And uh, I didn't even mean to rhyme, but that's what happened. Uh, so fifth thirds bank is going to be number three and hopefully that one can do well for us. I, maybe I'll make a watch list and track all these, uh, recommendations going forward. Uh, probably not a bad idea. Now, um, we'll go with this one for number four and that name is going to be Costco. And again, staples, consumer staples, that is not staples, the brand. Uh, this one is generally priced to perfection. I've said that time and time again, it's at a 35.06 uh, PE. It is higher. Um, we are coming down in the past month from a high of 540. We are down to 461. So when I uh, said this one a couple weeks back, I said, it's uh it's getting a little high now, but now we're dropping the other direction on the scales and it's still a, uh, a powerhouse in the industry. They still, and they should continue to do good things going forward. Uh, So that one, I I think, is going to be a solid pickup if we decide to go with Costco for week 52. Now, the last one I have discussed ad nauseum, and it's one that I've really kind of been hammering the table on, and things have not been going well in the way of the stock price. Now, we did have a decent uh, quarterly report on the last go-round, uh you know we had revenues were up we had uh eps was up everything looked great now the problem was that outlook for the next quarter and the annual recurring revenue for crowdstrike so really we're trying to get more customers to sign up and that has been a problem with the current economy i don't think that's a problem with crowdstrike i think that's a problem across the board Uh, as more people are really leaning on cybersecurity. uh, This one still has a lot of growth and it is trading at a discount. Uh, So you're getting value and you're getting growth. So I think it's a great stock to be adding here personally. And uh, it's still rated a buy. You're still getting about uh, 60% of price target upside appreciation here. We've got uh, 15 strong buy ratings, 23 buy ratings, three holds, no sells of any kind, positive reports on the EPS on the past six quarters. We're getting annual revenue growth for 23 of 53.5%. For 24, 103%. I don't know what else we can ask for here. Yes, they had a bit of a bad outlook on that that recurring revenue. uh, And basically, they're saying that these customers in these sales are going to be recorded in the next coming quarters. So can we take their word on it? Uh, I don't know that they know for sure that they're getting these contracts back or not, but I do think that if they don't get those, they're going to get more uh, customers as more people are flocking to CrowdStrike. So um, they have great revenues and uh, it is a strong company. And I really think that this is going to be a good pickup As We are trading on some downside from some of the problems out there and there is still growth to be had So, um, that's the fifth one I got for you guys this week So hopefully one of them works for you And if it does get over there to let it grow investing on facebook get your votes in I really want to round this year out uh, On a strong note. I really would like to see some great gains going forward And hopefully, uh, we can even make a watch list of these stocks that we're talking about on today's episode and really discuss them throughout 2023. See how the performance is going for all these different names. And uh, yeah, um, you know, I like these stocks, but uh, I'm also still going to be buying the usual suspects. And I'm I'm looking at, uh, you know, Amazon, Tesla, Google, um, you know, a lot of these high growth names that have really traded down in the year. I'm still looking to add more chip stocks uh you know i'm still looking to pick up some of the dividend names too i really want this balanced barbell approach that really is going to stand the test of time and you know really whatever the market throws at us we want to be ready so that's what i got for you guys today get over there and get your votes in uh if you haven't subscribed do that and uh, if you want to uh, give me an extra high five by donating uh, or contributing to the podcast you can do that over there at anchor.fm uh slash let it grow But with that being said, that's all I got for you guys today. So uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started you can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage until next time let's get invested and let it grow